All right, so 1 Corinthians 4, I'm going to read a few verses to us. Um, and, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, this passage is not easy to hear. Can I just say that? That sometimes it's, we read over or skip past the hard scriptures in the Bible because they make us feel uncomfortable. Because to be obedient to what the Word of God is saying will then demand that things shift, not just sometimes practically, but what we're going to see here in 1 Corinthians 4, what Paul is admonishing the church in Corinth is that they would wake up to the importance of standing underneath fathers and mothers in the Spirit. And this is what Paul writes to a church in Corinth and we're going to jump in here, and you're going to see that they were young, successful, and wealthy. And this is what Paul writes to them. I'm going to read a few verses here, so bear with me. It says, So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with secret things of God. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time Wait until the Lord comes, and he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts, and at that time, each will receive his praise from God. Now, brothers, I've appealed these things to myself and Apollos for the benefit so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. And then you will not take pride in one man over and against another. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you do not receive? And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as though, as though you did not? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You've become kings, and that without us. How I wish that you really had become kings so that we might be kings with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like men condemned to die in the arena. And we have made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels, as well as to men. We are fools for Christ. But you are so wise in Christ. But you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, and we are dishonored. To the very hour we go hungry and thirsty, we are in rags, we are brut brutally treated, we are homeless we work hard with our own hands. We're cursed, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. And when we are slandered, we answer kindly. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refused of the world. Now listen to verse 14. I'm writing this not, I'm writing this, I'm sorry. I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I become your father through the gospel. And therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I'm sending you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. And he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Now, that's a lot of the Bible. And let me just help us take a step into what Paul is saying here. 
what Paul is making very clear to us is that we should not mistake fruitfulness with faithfulness. We should not mistake fruitfulness with faithfulness. What you have are a group, 10,000 strong church in Corinth. But they have lost their way from thinking that they need to remain under not just the instruction, but hear me, the way that I lived, Paul said. That they had lost the lifestyle of living radical for Jesus because they have gotten successful in what they're doing. So now they're looking at the apostles and they're like, you know what, I think maybe we have the better way. Because you guys are seen as the scum of the earth. You don't have any money. You're beaten up. You're, you're abandoned. You look homeless. And we're over here. We can't stop growing. Everything is going rad. And so maybe you should start listening to us. And Paul is saying, hey, I'm not saying this to shame you, but I am warning you that it is your fathers and it is your mothers in the spirit that will remind you of the ways of Christ. That just because things begin to become fruitful doesn't mean that we don't need to remain under the covering of those who have gone before us. It is so important that we stay underneath and around, surrounded by and listening to those who have gone before where we are. And our whole goal over these next three weeks as we're talking about mothers and fathers is that we would see that we have an invitation to lean into one another, to learn from one another, to be reminded of the ways of Christ. Even though we might be in a different season, our different season does not exclude the one that came before us. Because we are where we are because of those who have gone before us. We're standing on their shoulders. And so what we want to do today, we thought like, you know what? Freaking legends are in our city, Ron and Janine Parrish. Real life mothers and fathers to this house. And if you're new to Antioch, you might not know that we are both a 20-year-old church and a 6-year-old church all at the same time. Meaning that we planted this church a little under six years ago. And so we're six years old. But then we were given a church called Hope in the City that was a staple in Austin for being a Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church just a few years ago. So we are both. We're both a 20-year-old church and a 6-year-old church, which creates some amazing opportunities for us to look into the eyes of people who literally have gone before us and that success that Chris talked about of that carnival that we did where literally hundreds and hundreds of people from the neighborhood came and as they were streaming in, I'm going, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, how is, like, how did they know this was happening? Like, this is, this is nuts. But then I literally am just remembering conversations of hearing about the prayers that Janine prayed for years that this would be a city of harvest. And so now we stand as a church that harvests, but it's, we're harvesting in a field that we didn't plow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we want to not just honor them, but we want to sit under them and learn from them. We don't just look at those who have gone before us and say, hey, thanks, appreciate you. We say, can you remind us of the ways of Jesus. Because when you sit with somebody who's walked with God, not for five years, but for 55, 65, 75 years, there's a weight that they carry that you only get through life. You only get that weight one way, and that's through living 
a full life in Jesus. And so Ron and Janine, can you guys come on up here? Have a seat on this beautiful black couch that we have for you. I used to take a nap here. Did you? Wow, we're kind of far. We're kind of far away, but here we go. Does this work? Is this a little bit more? Do you want a footstool? Do you mind if I take off my shoes? I want you to. I want you to take off your shoes. Yes, please. You can do whatever you want. Well, um, you know, I've, I've actually known of you guys almost my entire life. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in the Vineyard Church in Houston. Actually went to the church that I found out that Ron worked at for a little while. And, and so we had been, we ran our, I would say with Missy. Missy and I would always be at conferences together and stuff like that. So we heard of the infamous Ron and Janine Parrish. Missy's parents. Yeah, that's really kind of Emphasis on infamous. Yeah, yeah, there it is, yeah. Um, and we all had a crush on Missy, so we were f- fearful of you at the time. Uh, but Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, I, I think for, for those of us that don't know you well, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where do you live, what do you do now? Uh, we'd just love to get to know you. Hi, guys. It's good to be with you and uh, see a few familiar faces, deep affection. Um, we are Ron and Janine. We, what do we say? We currently live in Indonesia. We have, out of the last 40 years, lived 20 years in Indonesia and 20 years in Austin. So we're 2020 folks. <laughs> uh, we have three adult children. And we have currently now four grandchildren. And uh, that's right. Thanks to some of you guys who prayed for the the recent crisis. Um, and we we've been happily married for forty six years, almost forty seven years. And uh, we're still together, and we still love each other. And we we walk into this building, and there's so many fond memories of people that we've got to meet here and times in which we've encountered God. And so it's just so special to be back, J.D. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for just the friends out here that have prayed for us and supported us over these years. Anything else about us you want to tell? We have a fun story. I mean, it's been uh, early marriage, uh, different places of ministry, and just known the favor and grace of God. It's really been an amazing journey. Recently, I counted 10 distinct chapters in our life where we moved to different places or planted new churches, and we can look back to those 10 places and say, he has been so faithful, so Mm. more faithful than we could have ever imagined. You know, last week I was thinking of a song. It's it's become a new song, but it was an old song for me. It was called Because He Lives, Mm. and I thought, I sang that song in in a singing group when I was in college. I soloed in it. And, um, and so we sang it. Would traveling you care to sing no. it for <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I thought I believed it with my whole heart when I was 20 years old. I believed wow. it with my whole heart. But now I've lived it. And I've seen him over and over and over because he lives. My life is different. My kids' lives are different. My grandkids' lives are different. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, so thankful for the, you know, I, 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 I uh, yeah, I thought I had a gift of wisdom at 30. <laughs> and <laughs> Me now too. I, and now I don't think I have it. <laughs> no, yes. no. Now I just go, okay, Lord, whatever flows, we're so thankful. But he is the one that we say, you are worth, man, all the glory. And uh, he's worth serving, let me tell you. He, is, he overflows and overflows with goodness, mm-hmm. and we love him. Yeah, I think I was talking to a buddy of mine this week, and... He was like, have you noticed that the older that we get, 
the simpler the revelation of who God is becomes as it becomes more real. And we were just, oh, absolutely. And we, we were talking about how you sometimes when you're a pastor, you'll get asked the question, like, what's God teaching you right now? And both of us was like, I feel like he's teaching me that he loves me. And, you know, on one level, you're like, and you're pastoring a church, you know, like that's your big, deep revelation, you know, like that he, that God loves you, you know, uh, but it's the, the depth of what that means now to me, being 41 is so much richer than what that meant to me when I was, you know, 14 years old and encountered Jesus for the first time in my life at Club Fitzgerald in Houston, actually, and was blown away at who God was at that point. But the older that I get, the more comfortable I think I become in the simple truths of who God is deepening in me. I'd love to hear from both of you guys on just what, what has God been speaking to you, teaching you, opening up in you now? Like what, what's, what's been the thing that God's been doing in your souls as you've been loving him and just spending time with him? I'll, I'll start with that. Um, it's, you know, for years, and many of you know this, for decades, been journaling daily, and I start with gratitude, and it's more important to me than ever to pause and reflect on how God has loved me in the last 24 hours. And I would echo what J.D.'s saying. It's, it's not like we outgrow the sense of God's unconditional love for us. It's not like, well, we don't need it anymore so, because we're performing so well. So often I'm like, God, I'm so grateful that, that you smile at me just like I, I do when I hold my newest grandson and think, this kid's never done anything for me. But there's this deep affection that I have. And I know that God's infinitely more in love with me. And, and I, don't, I don't see why, but I, I revel in it. I delight in that unconditional love. And, and so often I'm thankful that I'm not love based on my performance because I'm just not doing enough and I'm not praying enough and I'm not reaching enough people mm -hmm. to be worthy of any of that, to be worthy of one ounce of God's grace. And so I just echo that. I, I often just say, thank you, God, for that unconditional love. Yeah, I guess, um, of course, that we never get past that, the depth of his love and the just the uh, ability of his love to redeem, you know, we still make those mistakes, you know, some of them that we made when we were young, mm -hmm. and yet he is always there. He's always, hopefully we've grown and we repent quicker, and we grow quicker, but he's always there. I think the thing that has been, he's been speaking to me the last couple of weeks, in fact, I've been journaling, I've been creating blessings in the last couple of weeks in my journal, mm. um, is that how much we carry blessings, each of us do, we all do, we carry an ability to bless people. And, wow. um, and that, that since we all know that the power of life and death is in our words. And so, you know, we try to control the death part of it a lot. But the reality is that we have so much life in us because we have God in us. And as we interact with people, we carry blessing. And my inheritance is the people that have spoken blessing into my life. And that is really so much of my inheritance of mm. what God's granted us. And so it's with great joy that I be, I'm able to. It, this was what, when, she, when God first revealed himself to Abraham, he said, um, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And that's what he's done to us. He has blessed us more than we ever dreamed we could. And he makes us a blessing to others. And so somebody was, we, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone, and they said, I feel like you give and you give and you give to us, and we are, can never repay. And I, I said, um, 
you know what? The way you repay me is to give to someone else. That's just the way the kingdom mm. is, isn't it? That's right. And so we can bless, and every family, no matter what kind of family you come from, every family has a blessing in it. And so I want that blessing. I want that blessing. And I know some of you come from families that your parents don't recognize that. They don't know that. But you can still pull it out of them. Mm -hmm. And you can get that blessing from your family. Ask the Lord where it is. You're here because of a thousand generations before us, before you. And uh, it's what his blessing has come down. And it'll be fun in heaven. Won't it be fun in heaven to see who way back there? Or who even in a couple of generations, I don't know. You know, they lived a faithful life before God, and here I am as a, as a blessing that I can be to others because of that person's life. So that's what I've really been hearing from the Lord a lot. I, I'd love to just sit there a little bit longer with both of you because that's a significant, that's a significant thing. That as fathers and mothers and grandparents and spiritual fathers and mothers. And I think it's important. I mean, some of what Paul was even admonishing in 1 Corinthians was he was tying in that although I'm not your actual father, because of the gospel, I am your spiritual father. And I, I find it fascinating that God designed the family to be such a representation of what the kingdom of heaven is. And this, the power of the blessing, I think I, I totally agree, I've, especially right now, you know, I have four kids, 15-year-old, 13-year-old, and two 12-year-olds. My aim right now is to minimize the amount of counseling they're going to need when they're my age, right? Like that's ultimately... I feel like at the end of the day, I'm like, did I do anything today that do I need to start setting money aside? You know, like I kind of joke with my kids. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a savings account for you so that you can have somebody fix all that I broke, right? Like that's, but the thing is, is that we do, we oftentimes operate more out of the lens of what we feel like we shouldn't say versus out of the lens of the opportunity that we have to speak life into people, you know? And I just want to brag really quick and then have you guys share on when you think about speaking blessings, what that means. You know, you, you, have, you, you have windows with your kids. You know, if you're a parent, sometimes you're like, is anything that we're doing working? You know, like, is there any hope? for humanity, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it's like, we're really trying really hard in it. I, I, I'm not, I don't know what to do. And uh, one of my sons, I, I go into his room and he looks at me and he's like, dad, God just spoke to me. And I was like, sweet, what'd he say? You know, which is all, yeah, it can kind of be a toss up. You know what I'm saying? Where I would always encourage you, if you're, <laughs> especially if you're an adolescent boy, says, God spoke to me. Ask for clarity. What'd he say? You know, because you might need to come in and remind him of the ways of Christ. Maybe, maybe. And so, but he looks, he looks at me and he was like, Dad, God just, I was going to lie about something to you. And God just spoke to me and said, hey, you need to tell the truth even when nobody's looking. And I remember I like basically almost fell out on the floor. You know, I was like, God, you're real. You know, because... I have been telling this kid, you're not a liar. I've been praying, you're not a liar. Because he had been one. And so, and I'm like, is anything working? Is anything breaking in? And then there's that moment where you get a window into the life that your words are creating begins to bubble out of their spirit. When you guys talk about you've been writing blessings, creating blessings, Ron, you said something that you just flew past Ron. It's like, if, you, if that's all you said, he said he's been journaling 
every morning and he starts with gratitude. That in and of itself will change your life. Like if you have, if you start your day with thanking Jesus, your day is going to be better than if you would have started your day any other way because it realigns you. So what, what, are, what are these blessings? How do you write these blessings? How can we write these blessings? Where are these things coming from? And then how do they manifest out into the world? Well, can I give an example from someone else that started this two weeks ago. Um, I had gotten up and, ta- and shared about inheritance, the inheritance we have, and have to, how we have to fight for it. And, um, and, and I encourage parents and grandparents to ask God, what is the inheritance that you've given me? The breadth. It's our children, of course, but there's breadth to that inheritance. Mm-hmm. Well, afterwards, uh, one of the, we were at a and and it was one of the Aggie guys came up, and he said, he said, I have to, t- <laughs> I have to tell you there's that. There's so much wrong with that <laughs> sentence. Hold on. It is so true, he said. My father, every single day of my life growing up, he just quoted this blessing out of number six. And I think he did it for me when I was in the womb. And he said, I remember him pulling up to the school to drop me off in school. And I start to jump out of the car and he grabs my arm and speaks this blessing that may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you today. Mm. And may he be gracious to you and turn his face toward you and give you peace today. He said every day. He was weeping by the time he finished saying that blessing. And I thought, wow. wow. <laughs> I wish I'd heard this, you know, 40 years ago. But wow. And he said, you know, I've got to go back and tell my dad how much that means. <laughs> and I thought, oh, thank you, Lord, for godly parents. It may not say that every day, but it's, it is our words that bless. And so I've been going through and picking out blessings that are straight blessings out of Scripture mm. and praying them over people. I've written several emails this week that I just, as I, as I read that blessing and pray it, I just say, who needs this? And the Lord, and it's somebody that I'm grateful for. So it's someone I can express gratitude to. And then I just speak this blessing over them. And so it's very simple. But it, and I said, it's, it's almost selfish because I feel such joy in doing it <laughs> that uh, I, don't, does, I don't need a response. I don't need an email back, you know, a, a WhatsApp back. It's just, I just enjoy doing it because I know it's straight from the Father's heart. Mm. So. One thing I do related to gratitude is as I'm sitting and often the first 30, 45 minutes of my, my day, I'm reflecting on people that have loved me, people that have done things and that I've noticed, and people that I'm rejoicing in what God's doing in their life. And just automatically in conversation, I'll say, uh, you know, you were at the top of my grateful list today. I was just thinking about and, and just passing that on. Mm. As it relates to kids and grandkids, um, I'm not so sure that Missy got it from me, but my daughter Missy, who some of you will meet for the first time because they're on their way to Austin next week. Uh, But Missy is also overflowing with gratitude, and I see it being caught. She's not not being explicit with our grandkids, but they've caught it. Mm. And so you'll you'll have each of them. Even Max, just, you know, the two-and-a-half-year-old, like catching it, taking it in, mm. saying, thank you for that bird. I've never seen one of those birds. Or thank you for that. And so it's like this generational thing that we can vocalize it. We can say, hey, listen, I'm teaching you something important. But far more dynamic and powerful is that they catch it. And so they're catching it from who we are and, and, the, and just how we're living. They're catching it. They're picking up on it. Um, there are other examples, but yeah, I think, you know, this is a cool thermal. I I didn't think we were going to land here, but I'm glad we did. The, I, as a parent, I think sometimes I feel as a parent that wants to disciple my kids, let me clarify that as a parent who wants to disciple my kids, I oftentimes will feel inadequate in that pursuit. And so it's like, man, are we doing, you know, like there was like, you know, do a devotional as a family. And, and we did that for a little while. And our devotionals were more like World War III than fruitful, you know? It was like, 
okay, remember, guys, we're reading the Bible here. You know, I mean, it was, it was insane. And as our kids have gotten older and that changes to where now we're, we're having more conversations about what God is doing in them. But I think it's important to note that ultimately, discipling your kids is demonstrating to them the ways of God. Because they're going to remember who you were way more than they're going to remember the devotional you had with them. And what, what we're hearing here from, from Ron and Janine is that there's this, they ooze these things. So there's an, there's an overflow, there's a, their cup is overflowing in their intentionality. You have to be intentional. You, you have to say, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm gun, going to lean in specifically to this moment, or I'm not going to allow that to stand. I mean, we have to be intentional as parents. But I think it's, it's the, the who we are and the things that we say and call out that actually is going to catch that fire in them where they have those, those moments where you realize, like, wow, this is caught Yes, there is an element that it's taught, but it's also caught that they have to, to see it. And, and I think that it's a fear of the Lord moment as well for us as parents to be like, are we living the kingdom of heaven? Are, are we actually acting the way that we want our kids to act? Are we talking the way that we want our kids to talk? Are we honoring people, and they hear it the way that we want our kids to honor people. And those are the things that are going to shape then their, their families. It's that generational blessing, right? I've often said that we're either trying to recreate or unlearn what we experienced when we were kids, right? We're trying to either recreate it because it was awesome, or we're trying to unlearn it because it was tragic. And sometimes it's both, right? Oftentimes it's both. And so the power of speaking the blessing and, and speaking out that simple gratitude is absolutely huge, not just if you want to disciple your kids, but honestly, I think if you just want to move forward in your walk with God, if, I, th I think one of the things I love about these guys specifically is that I can't be with them for one minute, five minutes, or five hours, where I don't want to be more like them. Like they're just so kind and gentle and just like so amazingly thankful for everything and so peaceful. And it's a beautiful picture of what a healthy heart looks like. Like, it's, it's what health in God looks like. And then when you get around it, you're like, whoa, like I hung out with, with Ron on Friday. And literally, I, I'm a little bit of a high-strung guy, and Ron's not. And so he was just like sitting, just like, <laughs> and immediately, but like after being with him for an hour and a half, I'm like, I'm so relaxed. I was like, I feel so much. I was like, this is a better way to live, you know, just like. Hang out, start your day with a swim in the ocean, you know, like just go for a walk, go for a ride on your motorcycle, you know? I'm like, this is the way to live, right? But it's the, it's, it's who they are that bleeds onto us. I, I asked them to, to come with a word for us as, in, in a lot of ways, they are the father and the mother of this house. And even though Liz and I planted Antioch six years ago, and it wasn't connected to who these guys were, except for actually it totally was because you guys are Antioch and you're on the board and ultimately Ron's my, my boss like three guys deep, so... I just realized that. I didn't that. know that. Yeah, it's can kind I of important. Can I tell yeah. you some things? Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> I caught them. You don't need to tell me. I caught them. Um, 
but the the fact is is that and I really believe this our our church is blessed because of the way that these guys lived the way that God intertwined our stories was for a purpose and to begin to see the fulfillment of some promises and things that they believed for and prayed for that we're standing in, those, those things we don't take lightly. And I see them as the father and the mother of this house. And even though some of you guys don't even know who they are, that's why when they're in town, we always are, it's hard to get them because everybody wants them to come. Right? They've been all over the country, and literally, Ron texts me. He's like, here's your date. I was like, great, thanks. We'll make it work. You know? I mean, that's like the way that it, that's because they're amazing people. And the reason we wanted to take advantage of this is because I want to always remind us that we are, God has connected us in a unique, beautiful story of things that he's doing here in the city of Austin. And it matters that we go in the direction that he's called us to go. And it also rem- matters that we remember the motor that we're running with was built by other people. And, and Ron and Janine built that motor. And it is, it's amazing to me that we are not just able to say that we know them, but God has literally adopted us into their story, um, and it's super powerful. So guys, no pressure, but here's your moment. So this is going to sound strange. I know I'm looking out at a group that very few of, a, very few of you are grandparent age, but I had this thought knowing the theme of this morning, and that was that Literally, in the, in the spiritual realm, you can be and really should be a spiritual grandparent. And this is what I mean by that. A verse that we often, often toss around in our context is 2 Timothy 2 2. And we actually teach them that. Dua Timotheus, dua dua. And literally, our community memorizes that verse and we think about it a lot. It's a real Jewish concept that we're not just thinking about, like, I'm. Say, for example, if I were pouring into to JD, I'm not just thinking about JD. I'm thinking about who's JD pouring into, and then how are they doing, and how are they doing carrying it on to at least four generations. And it's a powerful principle. The 2 Timothy 2.2 paraphrased is, uh, I can quote it in Bahasa Indonesia, uh, is paraphrased as the things that you've heard and seen in me, the things that I've taught you, Paul to Timothy, pass on to those who are faithful, generation number three, who will in turn teach others. So it's a, there's four generations. And literally, that's how discipleship happens in Austin. It's how discipleship happens in our world, is I'm not only like a, like a good Jewish mentality, thinking not of just my kids and our immediate family, but I'm thinking of generations to come, a spiritual DNA that's way more valuable than what my cumulative wealth, but it's, there's a spiritual power that's coming through this generational reproduction. And we literally, I have, I didn't bring them, but I have photos of four and five generation believers sitting together and it all happened within a year. Mm. Like, like uh, Herman discipled Ellie, who discipled Lucy, who discipled, and you just got this, this generational deal going on. It's going on with churches. It's going on especially with things that we're receiving, we're passing on with the hope that they're going to pass it on because that's how we do it. So my exhortation is this. How many of you are investing in somebody's life? Okay, I know that to be an Antioch culture thing. But as you invest, be sure and say, tell me about the person you're investing in. Mm. And I've gotten to the place that I don't actually disciple guys that are not discipling others, who are discipling others. We're thinking generationally. So I just 
encourage you all to, yes. to think of, of the next 10, 15, 20 years, not of this building, but of the growth of the kingdom of God through your influence. You want to preach? No. <laughs> Some of you know she I do. Can. I can. She preach, can. I, oh, no, she we can. both have a gift of exhortation, which is kind of dangerous when we're together. You know, I'm not going to say a new thing. I'm just going to reiterate and say that um, I would challenge you to ask the Lord, what is the inheritance he has for you? Wow. What, what is it that he is putting in your hands that you can give back to him and uh, it can bless the lives of others? I just want to encourage you with that. And let me say that it is, uh, there's a verse, it's right in 1 Corinthians 3 that says, the kingdom of God is, is not about talk, but it's about power. Mm. And so we can talk all day, but it's like you said, they're watching us. Yeah. And we live before people. But the talk is important, too. Mm-hmm. Our words are important, too. And uh, I'm just going to say this, and then I'll tie it into you. But uh, the parish family, us, <laughs> we have something we call the Parish Hall of God's Faithfulness. And in it, we have hanging up things, stories of God's faithfulness oh, in wow. our lives. And we reiterate that with our family, with our kids. Our grandkids ask us to tell that story again. And it is so powerful. Ron said this this morning. He didn't say it here. But in the Hebrew culture, they don't think about this generation. They think of many generations ahead. And they build toward many generations ahead. And that's part of their mindset of how they live and uh, what they've received from the past and what they pour into for the future. And that uh, I just challenge you that it's your words. I, I pulled up a verse here. I love this because it speaks of intergenerational, but it, it's, come on, turn around. It says, um, it's from, it's one of my favorite whole passages or whole chapters from Psalm 145. And it says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise is greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And then it kind of goes back to David saying, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. It's almost like a response. You know, that generation tells you, and then you meditate on it. Mm. They, they will tell of the power of your awesome works. And again, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. And it goes on to talk about how, how uh, gracious and compassionate is our God. And it's just beautiful passage. But just the fact that you have so much power in your words. And ask the Lord, what today do I have as an inheritance to give to you to broaden the place of my inheritance? This week, um, actually in the last month, I've been down in New Braunfels a lot because that's where our son and daughter-in-law live. And our son has to keep traveling even though they have a month-old baby. And so I've been helping Sydney with the baby. And I carry this little baby around hours a day because he likes to sleep up instead of down. Go figure, you know. <laughs> Cuddled versus laying in the bed. But I don't, yeah, but yeah. I don't complain. I bet that you're bummed out about that. Yeah. <laughs> I am. So I am walking around with this baby, and he can't, he's got a real strong neck, and so he's always looking right up at me, you know. And, and I am telling him how blessed he is. He can't understand a word I'm saying, but he's going to understand it someday. That's right. And I just say, God has so blessed you, putting you into this family. And we are before God committing to love you always and to teach you his ways. And I'm just blessing him. You know? <laughs> he, can't, he just looked at me, you know, and trying to see me even, you know. And, but it's like I'm starting it now because I want it to continue. So for those of you in your family, it's never too late. I mean, even when our kids are grown and they're making their own choices, and they are not always the choices that we want them to make. Mm-hmm. But we want that relationship strong with our kids. That's right. And so when that relationship's strong, then we, there's just that place of continuing to bless, continuing to speak in their lives, letting them come toward us, which is, that's what grandparenting is about, is that's the greatest thing in grandparenting when our kids point their kids toward us. That's the greatest thing, and it's about relationship. Andy Stanley said, I want my, uh, I'm going back into grandparent. I just realized I stepped away from the word. But <laughs> I want my kids, when they're adults, to want to be with me. I want my kids, when they're grown up, to want to be with each other. 
that's my goal when I'm parenting my kids. Wow. And I think that was a great goal. And that's something we started kind of late. But by God's graciousness, we love to be together and we're around the world from each other. But we love to be together on WhatsApp and Zoom and all those kind of things. Thankful for those things. But I'm going to come back and just say again, you have an inheritance. Every single one of you have this thing that someday in heaven, you're going to stand before Jesus and say, thank you for blessing me with this. Mm-hmm. And now I want to bless you with it. And just that place of him seeing his smile, just a simple smile and that love flowing from him. And so yeah. ask the Lord, what, what is even this week? What's something that I can call inheritance that I can give you for your glory? Simple. Well, I, I would love for you guys just to pray for us and to maybe spit out a couple of those blessings over us um, because it does things. You know, I, I love that picture of you blessing Boone. And Boone's just like, I don't know what's going on right now, right? But, but it's amazing that even when we don't understand the words, it has an effect on our hearts. And uh, every time that God speaks, remember that the voice of God always creates. He, like it, so every time there's a, that there's life, a word of God, uh, the promise of God, God speaks to you. It's creating in you. It's creating in you. So, guys, pray for us. Bless us. Then we're going to worship, maybe. I don't know if our worship team, I think maybe they all quit. But if you play an instrument, we looks like we need you. So. Can we stand up? Yeah, please. Yeah, we're please. Pacers and standards. Should I take my shoes off? We'll stand up. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll carry my shoes down. With I, I bet Janine's blessing is more powerful than mine, so I'll start off. That. <laughs> So, I heard Jamie Miller say this. Pretend you're holding a uh, beach ball and uh, just, you know. So, through the authority of Jesus Christ and through what you've shown me, Lord, I want to just pass on to this group of people the reality that you have wealth that we've never, ever fully grasped. But lay that wealth out before us, Lord. May we today, in the, in the very depth of our being, have a fresh revelation, new waves of your love, your liquid love flowing over us, showing us the hope that we have because we're in you, showing us the incredible rich, riches of your inheritance that we have because Christ in us and we in Christ. And Lord, today we ask that your hyper-mega-dynamite resurrection power that all of us thought about last weekend would be for us and that we would not walk in any less than the fullness that you have for us in that inheritance, in that hope, and in that power. And so, Lord, today, we just delight ourselves in receiving more of you that we in turn could pass it on to those who are in our lives. And I want to give a picture and then pray a prayer around it. And the picture is that Jesus said that the wise man builds his house upon the rock. And, um, and it is a firm foundation. It's a place. Those who hear his words and put them into practice, they have a rock under their feet. And I believe that as we accept Jesus as our Savior, that we step onto him, his rock, in a firm foundation. But it's not very big. It's really small. But as we stick our foot out there and we say, Jesus, are you my healer? Put our foot out. Put it down. Put weight on it. And you go, he's our healer. He did it. He's, he's my healer. Jesus, are you my provider? We put it out there. You know? And it's rock underneath our feet. And we just keep building it. That is our inheritance. It's who Jesus is. Keep doing that. And so, Lord, I pray for your sons and your daughters. I pray, Lord, that they would have a great spacious place, a great spacious place so that they would pull many people up onto their rock. Lord, who Jesus, who you are and what you have for others, Lord. In this world that's got so much shifting sand, 
Lord, you have given a firm place. And so, Lord, we speak a blessing over each one, Lord. New places of risk in their lives to reach out and say, Jesus, are you here? And you're there. <laughs> you are always there. You're faithful, Lord. So I speak a blessing in that. Lord, we pray a blessing over their coming and their going, over their families and those most intimate to them. Lord, we speak a blessing for those that are younger, that they would reach back to their families, their older ones, and they would be a blessing to their family behind them. Lord, for those that are older, we pray, Lord, that you would give them vision for what you're doing in the families ahead of them, their children, their children's children. Lord, that they would have vision and that they would build into that, that they would pull them onto that rock of who you've become in their lives, Lord. Father, we say, may you bless their businesses. May you prosper them in soul and spirit. May they become people who overflow with gratitude, overflow and overflow and overflow like a fountain. The words of the wise are like a fountain, Lord. May they overflow with gratitude, overflow with life, Jesus. We speak it over them even now, Lord. So from the most intimate place of each one, their relationship with you, prosper, blessing, we speak it over them, Jesus. To that place of relationships all around them, whether it's family or work or where they live, blessings. May they see them with your eyes, Jesus. May they see them with your heart, Father. And may they call out those things that they see that maybe that person has doubts about. And they hear the message, I'm not enough. But Lord, may they call it out in the name of Jesus and speak it out so that it becomes life for that person. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, I do pray that you would continue to grow their relationships with you. Grow it, Lord. There is an inheritance in this place, and we want to be people who walk into heaven in humility for all that you've done. But in that place of humility, saying, you have done it. <laughs> you have done it, and what a joy it is to be here in your presence, Lord. We bless them, Lord. We bless you for what you're doing in lives right here. And the broad place, just like that carnival last week, the broad place that you're creating around this body, we bless it in the name and the authority of the powerful name of Jesus Christ.